You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen Podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. It is Foodie Friday and we find out what it takes to have staying power here in the F&B business. And we get the latest food news from Liam Collins and we're talking Japanese bakery and French cuisine. Make sure you tune into Farmer's Kitchen every Friday from 2pm. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. So two weeks ago, I was at a 10th birthday party and it wasn't for a friend's child. It was actually for the Reform Social and Grill in the Lakes. And uh, now 10 years in F&B here and managing to keep that restaurant afloat during COVID means Reform must be doing something right. And with me now is Richard Cowling, the Director of Operations at Gates Hospitality. How are you? Very well, Poonam, thanks. Very good. Uh, have you sneaked stuff into the cinema? No, not really. Maybe, you know, the occasional large donut kebab, garlic <laughs> sauce, just what you want when you're sat next to somebody watching a movie, you know. Oh, no, I don't even know why the cinemas are selling food now, because everybody's sneaking stuff in. That's it. Local, local okay, trends, well, right? <laughs> well, we're not sneaking stuck, uh, stuff into Reform, because the food there's amazing. Now, for anyone who's never been, can you describe it? Sure, yeah. Reform is um, like a classic gastro pub. It was, at the time, 10 years ago, um, Dubai's first true gastro pub, and then we've seen a huge kind of wave um, that have followed in in the footsteps. Um, very much a taste of home. Um, but when you say gastro pub, there's a lot of people who are not going to understand what kind of atmosphere and the food that gastro pubs sell. Can you tell us? So it's based around a classic um, British pub, but then the food offerings elevated. We still have classic dishes on the menu: roast dinners, fish and chips, etc. But we'll also have, um, you know, an extended menu. We do nice um, baked salmon with um, salads, um, a, a large grill section. And over the time, over the 10 years that we've had reform over in the lakes, we've evolved. Um, we've recently uh, installed a, a large outdoor pizza oven, um, big outdoor barbecue setup. We're quite famous now for the brunches, the barbecues, and, and more of a kind of at-home backyard vibe or back garden vibe as it would be back home in the UK. Yeah, and um, tell everybody about your roast because they are massive and they're good. <laughs> and I'm coming on Sunday for one, actually. My friend's here from the I UK. I know, I saw you booking this afternoon. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I booked it in for lunch. I'll be there. You're down. We'll be there as well. I'm there all weekend, normally with the family as well. So yeah. um, if I'm not working, we're there enjoying the place. Um, Fantastic. So yeah, with roast we do we do three different meats, and then we do um, we do a vegetarian option also, which is um, is hugely popular. So um, as you get as you uh, imagine, classic roast lunch, Yorkshire puddings, big as your head. It, it um, is. It totally is. So when I was there, I saw it and I was like, "That's just too big. I can't eat it. I'll be full." It was like a meal in itself. Yeah, the, the team, the, the kitchen team at Reform, just. Uh, continue to kind of amaze with, with what they can do sort of a four to five hundred roast dinners often on a weekend wow. um just as a as a dish um and then on top of that we do events huge events barbecues yeah. parties you, you've got massive space they've got um, massive garden space and outdoor space, space. And, it's, and the key for us is is not only just staying on trend but staying also uh different and um quirky and fun um, a little bit unusual and some of the partnerships that we do and some mm. of the collaborations that we do. We just actually met yesterday with somebody on something really fun that we've got coming up um, that we, we're working on um, for the new winter season. So, yeah, it's um, it's there, 10 years, so which is before we get some tips from you, because 10 years is a long time and obviously you went through COVID too. Mm. Um, 
one of the biggest things I think is when choosing a restaurant is the location. And if anyone has ever heard of the show EastEnders, they have the Queen Vic. <laughs> and I feel like uh, Reform's kind of like the Queen Vic of the lakes because it does bring all the community there. It's like a local place. For sure, yeah. And um, that, that must drive the success that community feel. When we first opened Reform, everybody thought we were a little bit crazy. Really? Like, why? Why on earth would you open a new F&B outlet of that size and that kind of scale in the middle of a community area? But there was nothing like that that had been done True. before in Dubai. Everything was in DIFC or in the marina where there's a, a really enormous kind of um, concentration of footfall. Mm. Um, whereas, yeah, Reform's now perceived to be a great site. It's but amazing. At, at it's the a time, yeah. it was the community club for... For the lakes. Yes, and I used to go there because I've been here so, like yeah, 16 and, and, years. And yeah. likewise, um, and we had friends there as well. Um, but doing that change and doing that kind of renovation project and bringing that brand into that space mm. really changed the market completely. Because you look at what, what else has followed with golf clubs, with um, you know the, the Maison Matisse in Arabian ranches. Yeah. They opened quite shortly after we did. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of attention when you're in a community, especially with families. It's just local and you could go there. Some, and with the traffic now, people don't want to drive a long time to go to a restaurant. Ten, ten years ago, the market was hugely different. People, it was. People would jump in a taxi and it was 15 yeah. dirhams from the marina down to yeah. DDFC and it took you 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's funny because I get invited sometimes to go downtown after work and I'm like, no, it's going to take me an hour to get there. I'll just stay local. Yeah, absolutely. And and for us, you know, um, building and evolving reform has, has enhanced the, the local community. People choose to live in the, lo- in the lakes mm. because they want to be close to, not specifically reform, but ah. Um, F&B venue where they can relax on a weekend and they can go and enjoy themselves. And the fact that it's so family orientated lends itself to the community really well. So how how do you stay on top of your game? How has Reform done that and survived COVID as well? The, the biggest key for us is consistency. Mm. And over a 10-year period, it's something that, that Reform has had some challenges with. There's always been a couple of ups and downs. Touch wood, I think consistency for the last three or four years, we've been been good. Um, food quality being a big part of that consistency piece but also service um, when we look at our own team we've got a lot of team members that are still there from the opening Yeah. so 10 years ago and we've still got people you know, behind the bar or, or working on the floor and certainly in the kitchen and it's their relationships with our guests they've, they've grown up knowing the children that are growing up at the same time and they know the families and it's um it's that homely it's feel, a touch isn't of it? A personality, and, it, and it's how we engage with that community. It's on like a, that on a show. One-on-one. That show, Cheers. Remember, everybody walked in and they knew his name. Yeah, massive, massive. It makes such a big difference. Um, what about sustainability? Are so many restaurants having to focus on that. Is that something you reform have to do now? We do, but it's not something we have to do. It's something that we choose you want to, to do. do. Um, and it's it's part of our kind of um, values as a, as a responsible retailer. Mm. Um, we, we've worked a lot. And as we do at Reform, you know, it, it's always a little bit fun. There's always a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Um, we, we have a lot of sustainability initiatives as a group, mm. um, from recycling waste oils through to um, recycling glass. But one of the biggest things that we've done, and we engage the whole kitchen team and part of the front of house team, is we now compost all our waste scraps food waste scraps and we've 
built um, a vegetable and herb garden at the bottom of the garden in reform. Have you really? Yeah, so we've got eight beds down there now. Oh, um, wow, that's amazing. We're not able, obviously, to sustain supply chain for ourselves com- completely because yeah. we need acres and acres. Yeah. Um, Can I steal some herbs then on but, Sunday? Um, <laughs> we're just planting now. Oh, no. <laughs> Literally, as the weather's cooling <laughs> down. So the, the boys were looking out of the window yesterday, looking at the rain, thinking, oh, great, look at that. We've oh. just ordered uh, seeds and uh, whatnot to come next week. So No, that's a, that's um, a good start, though. It's so, really yeah, and, it, and it's... It is difficult. It we is. live in the middle of, of a desert climate in air-conditioned buildings. And when you talk about sustainability, are we ever going to be at a point where we, we're completely sustainable? It's very different from, from where I'm from. You know, back in the north of England, it's um, yeah surrounded by farms and farmland. And I still I still shop at the farms when I go home. Yeah, Same but, thing, but it's about doing what we can and, and yeah, embracing, embracing what we can. Um a, a joke about we can't sustain our own kind of supply chain but wherever possible we are buying locally we have um, a, a main contract now with um, Bastanica who grow most of our herbs and um, green leaf plants for us up in their um, facility um, here in the UAE so anything that we can do we do do okay and, and that's it you know so we're always looking for new um, possibilities new opportunities um, but the bigger piece is really within our own team seeing how we can reduce wastage mm. because it's it's crazy the amount of stuff that's flown around the world to just be thrown away into a garbage can in Dubai it's too much food waste but mm. I can guarantee you on Sunday I will not be wasting you won't waste, waste anything <laughs> you can leave room for pudding <laughs> I, I won't even take it back with me and eat it the next day but Richard Cowling Director of Operations at Gates Hospitality uh, thank you so much for joining us pleasure thank you you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Liam Collins joins us now. He's known as the voracious eater, and then he voraciously and gracefully writes about what he has eaten. Did you like that rhyme? Yeah, I did. That was good. Solid. Solid, <laughs> solid was. Also known as our food reviewer for today. How's everything going with you? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much for having me, as usual. Now... We love you having you here, but Aww. I really want to know about your naughty grandma. What yeah. kind of food did she sneak in and, and how did it happen? So she, she was adamant that food in cinemas was, was far too expensive, right? She was it very is. much She was very much a child of the war, right? So it's, she'd look at something and tut at the price. And so instead, um, we would go to the supermarket on the way to the cinema and she would just stock up in this large handbag and dump in sandwiches. But Maltesers, always the biggest bag of Maltesers Aww. that we could find. That was our did, treat. Did they ever check your bags? No, I, I think... She, I think she knew, being sort of a you know an older lady, that nobody was, was going to check sort of a you know a senior citizen's handbag on the way into a, into a cinema. But she was the rogue. So um, Hassan says that he takes huge lay chips with Coca Cola and he hides it in his backpack. Fair enough. Brilliant. Um, the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, there was a theatre employer who shared how people sneak food into the movies, and he says it's hilarious. He knows they're doing it, mm. and he goes, "There's no like cinema jail, so don't worry about it." <laughs> but he goes, "It's like." It's like watching Breaking Bad, like smuggling schemes, like they're yeah. all whispering to each other, thinking I don't know. But he goes, one guy actually went as far as putting chocolate under his hat no way. and walking into the cinema. I've got a hat today. I could, I could have smuggled some stuff there. But it's, it's not against the law. No, I, and plus I think there's a certain thrill to it as well, right? People like knowing, like, ooh, what, what can we get in? What, what can we get in the cinema? God, I've taken all things in, trust me. <laughs> okay, but if they put the prices down, maybe we'd consider buying it. Yeah, yeah, why not? Exactly. So let's talk about you in around town. <sighs> get our taste buds moving. What's going on? Where have you been? So I'd say there's, there's a 
place that's opened up near me uh, in Dubai Hills Business Park, where I've got a not-so-small infatuation growing with it, and it's this little restaurant called uh, Duo Gastro Bar. So I've only been to Dubai Hills Mall two, three times. They've got some amazing restaurants there. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It, it, particularly in the in the business park, they've managed to curate this sort of very well-put-together group of restaurants. You've got Reef Kushiaki, you've got Avatara, you've got a couple of places like that that are doing very well, and right next to them yeah. um, is this Duo Gastro Bar. So tell me about it. What's the food like? So I would say it's very kind of European uh, in direction. It's actually a a small chain of restaurants um, that are in Russia, but they've now brought this over here to Dubai. Um, And they've just got some incredible dishes on there. So my wife and I went there last week and we had, uh, it was an oxtail pie with taleggio. We had a, like this seared cabbage with parmesan and black truffle. I went for breakfast this morning. Like it was, you know. What did you have for breakfast? So this morning um, we had uh, this sort of croque monsieur uh, that was on the menu. Um, She had sort of their interpretation uh, of a shakshuka, which also comes with avocado uh, and and things like that. I had um, this potato, sort of grated potato pancake with smoked salmon and ricotta and, and yellow courgette over the top. It's brilliant. And the pricing pretty much most of the dishes are under 50 or 60 dirhams each that's amazing yeah it's that's pretty good that's really good okay next one Onda by Alisi or Alishi Alishi so time out market that we all sort of know and love in downtown they have a bit of a rotation of restaurants every now and then so yeah. they've now uh, rotated through uh, three I would say well loved kind of brands here in Dubai one of them uh, is Alishi another is Jun's and another uh, is Odin. Okay, and but what's the food, Little Jun's? That's different, right? So Little Jun's. So people in downtown who may know Jun's and, and Chef Kelvin, um, he has a restaurant which is he's a very interesting guy. So he is Canadian, I believe, comes from Cantonese heritage, um, and has spent quite a bit of his life living in India as well too. So he sort of merges all of those different food influences together. And Little Jun's is, you know, I would say mini Jun's in that sense. So he he brings he brings a lot of his uh, food philosophy now inside of Time Out. I'm personally very excited. Okay, and Odeon. I've been to Odeon yeah. when it first opened, actually. Tell us about that, because it's not a typical restaurant. No, it's, it's, Odeon's an interesting restaurant. So downstairs, you've got this very lovely sort of entrance. It's actually, um, it's a great place. If you've got a friend that, you know, has everything and you're trying to find them a gift, this is a wonderful place to go. So they've got lovely sort of um, French charcuterie or, they, you know, they've got cheeses. They've got things like panettone breads and all that Loads sort of stuff. Loads of cheeses. It's I was a wonderland. confused. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like I was in France. Yeah, exactly. That's the and then upstairs is the restaurant, and you know, think I would say sort of French stereotypes. What that means, so escargot, for example, yeah. and, you know, lovely breads and all that business. Yeah, yeah I've got a soft spot for French stuff. I don't know what it is. I just love the food and the cheeses and the desserts. Oh my goodness, it mm. can go on. Okay, now I, I'm really interested in this. There's a food news going around. Mm-hmm. I need to keep my mouth quiet because I could go off on this. <laughs> Should we ban influencers from restaurants? What do you think? So uh, th- this is an interesting article that was in Mashable, um, I think about a week ago. And it seems to be that there are a couple of restaurants, particularly in the US, where they have grown somewhat tiresome of influencers coming in. And we're not just talking about people who get their phones out and take a couple of photos and, and things like that. We're talking about people who are bringing in tripods and Lighting, ring, ring lights. And, well, it's, it's, there's a whole photo shoot happening in the Stylist. middle of the dinner, right, on table eight <laughs> at 7.30. You know, this, it's, it, seems, I mean, it seems wild to me that the people are actually doing this. They should be slightly embarrassed. Well, okay, so I feel like a lot of influencers are just not, they have a lack of awareness yes. when they're around other people. And I remember I was having just a really quiet coffee somewhere and there was this grown woman. She wasn't like a 17-year-old, a mm. grown woman, not even taking a picture of the coffee, just 
duck lips looking and yeah. selfie. I'm like, what are you doing? Just chill, girl. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is, and she didn't care that everyone was looking. I'd be quite embarrassed. I actually have a secret little food page. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. I don't tell anyone, just friends. And it's just a way of reminding me like where I've been if I want to go back again. Mm-hmm. So I'll always take a quick picture of the food and that's it. Yeah. But I, I get embarrassed thinking, oh God, everyone thinks I'm taking a picture. And I just, I, but they don't. No, and I would say that the the prettier the restaurant or the more attractive the restaurant you have, I think the more vulnerable you are to, to these sorts of things. So I've I've been to restaurants with my wife and we're sat there and then one of us will turn to the other and say, oh, there's a photo shoot happening on table three. Yeah. And you look over and there's someone in a gown and they're sort of looking wistfully off into the distance and all that sort of but stuff. But then there's the other side. Let's say there's, you know, an influencer where people follow them, they've got a decent following. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, oh, that looks really good. It's free advertising for them. I, I think... I think the point behind the article is the correct one, and that is it's how you conduct yourself and how you behave yourself. Now, if you see me out at dinner, you will probably see me with my phone out, and I might even have a light on me as well, too. But I'm, yes, but you I'm ha- discreet. You did. Yeah. We, we went out, and you yes. had a light on yeah. you, but you were discreet, and you were sitting right next to me. Yes, that's right. Whereas I think if you're in a restaurant and you're sort of drawing attention to yourself and there's this whole sort of drama kind of unfolding, I just think yeah. this is completely unnecessary. I didn't come out here to get a front row seat at your sort of theatre show. Can you please hold classes um, for influencers <laughs> about how to be discreet when yes. they're at hotels and restaurants? How to influence. Coming soon with Liam Collins. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. So I'm with Liam Collins. We are talking about reviews. Now, tell us about reviews, the ones that we can trust and the ones that we can't. So this, I think, relates to a topic that came up on Dubai Eye earlier in the week, right? So your your colleague, Georgia, on the agenda had uh, a couple of guests on, including Samantha Wood um, under the name Fudiva or Fudiva. And with the reviews, my opinion is that you need to find somebody who you trust, you find a voice that they trust, and you need to follow that individual. Um, And particularly someone who I would say your taste kind of mirrors theirs in that sense. Um, There are a couple of signs I think you need to look out for. Tell me, because I look at reviews a lot. So what worries me is that whenever I see someone going into, you know, aggregator platforms uh, and they just give sort of five stars and there's no detail or they say yummy or tasty or or things like that that's always a a real concern to me I should say in the early days when I started writing and then and then I started getting noticed by PRs they would write to me and say hey we'd love you to come to our restaurant but we but you must give us a four or five star review in exchange and so and so that that already was sort of you know the cake was baked but but there'll be reviewers out there who'll do that just for a free meal oh and and there are people out there who I would say position themselves as reviewers Um, but it's PR the restaurants have paid them money Mm. this is a PR exercise they will talk about how great a steak is or a rib or a slice of pizza or something of that but it's marketing right and what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to disclose that there is some kind of business deal but they don't but they don't right and and my my personal look at that is that if I go to your social media page um, and there's a lot of images of you and there's a lot less images of food, for example, then you're selling yourself. Totally. Right? You're selling your kind of personality. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people need to be sort of very, very wary of these things. And, and also, if you don't get criticism from someone, that's also very important too. You have to be careful about criticism here in the UAE. But if you don't get criticism, then at that point, I, I don't think you're really sort of reviewing. You're just, just trying to sell and promote. Uh, yeah, and it's sometimes when I've seen like all good reviews, there's a part of me, especially with hotels, because yeah. when I'm booking them, I'm like, have you just got your family and friends to write these? Because I yeah. know I would to, yeah. to boost up my business. So then how do you trust them? How do you know? So I, I, 
I usually try to message people, for example, and, and find out what, what they thought about something. And, and, you know, if you get a very um, detailed review or, or feedback from the individual, that usually helps. I think you can just go through someone's profile and see whether or not they are someone who is sort of authentic or genuine about mm. the places that they talk about. Again, mm. if you just see a constant positive noise about everywhere that somebody goes that you know this glass of water was delicious like okay stop it you know like these these sorts of things like that you, you've got to i think at some point level a certain degree of criticism about a place yeah. you don't have to find fault because that's also contrived yeah you try and find something that's good in something at least yeah exactly i do like your reviews though they make Thank me you. laugh there's a sense of humor with yeah. yours as well okay let's talk about uh, the world's first world's best 50 bars and i think three of them are yes. here in Dubai. Yes, so people m- may be familiar with the with the fifty best sort of um, setup or, or brand. Uh, they've reached into hotels recently. Um, they are well known for restaurants, but they do have a fifty best bars list. Um, and this is another great example, I think, of places in Dubai getting a lot of good global focus and, and good global attention. So we now have three bars uh, here in Dubai that are on the the fifty best list. I should say one of them is in the the fifty to one hundred club. Mm. Um, but the highest one here was was. Mimi Kakushi, um, which people may know, it's it's a Japanese restaurant and bar uh, in the Four Seasons Jumeirah area. Um, it's been around in Dubai, I'd say maybe two to three years now. It used to be on the MENA 50 best restaurant list yeah. that came out, um, but now it's number 40 in the world. Amazing. Yeah. And any any others? Yeah, so there's Galaxy Bar in DIFC. I've heard of this one. Yes, so that's that's very. It's a very sort of small venue. It's next to sort of I think it's Avli by Tasha uh, yes. in DIFC. Um, very creative, moody. Uh, I would say very very popular with people in the DIFC area. Yeah, and. Ergo is the last one. Ergo is the last one. Um, so Ergo used to be, I believe, at Dubai Edition. I hear that they have they are relocating to Fairmont the Palm. Okay, nice. Well, where are you going out for dinner tonight? I think, well, my wife is uh, very, very pregnant, so we are probably going to just stay at home tonight, but that usually means pit fire. Can you just tell everybody what you did? If you left your wife at home, and where did you go with your friend? What do you mean, earlier? Well, didn't didn't you go away for dinner or go abroad? Oh, yes. He left right. his pregnant, very pregnant. <laughs> he might sound nice that he's going to spend it with his wife tonight, but if she's listening, he did leave her and go abroad. Yeah, I went to Copenhagen for about... 36 hours to eat in some really good restaurants with my friend Palavi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to say, we were asking everybody, have you sneaked food into the cinema? And I just have to say, I've got so many texts that I don't think anyone actually gets food from the cinema anymore. And yeah. you asked about how did you sneak in the chicken oh, biryani? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bella says it was wrapped in three or four plastic bags to hide the smell. Wow. And uh, she... Puts, she put soap on it so it placed it up tight wow. in, with lush soap to try and disguise the aroma but when she opened it everything changed and everyone started drooling wow not all heroes wear capes <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> thank you Liam take care you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinney's eat well live well now, we like a little bit of Japanese bakery. And I just went past Arnold in reception and I said, we should be having a delivery soon. And he goes, oh, is it baked desserts from a Japanese restaurant? I said, yes. And they have to come straight to us and me and Milani. You cannot taste any. And it's from Yamanote, Italia. It's a UAE-born artisanal Japanese bakery and cafe concept. Now, it opened its doors here in 2013, actually. And it started with one bakery and now has loads, several locations around the UAE, including Abu Dhabi. Joining me now is Mahmoud Ismail. He's the head of marketing and sales. How are you doing, Mahmoud? Hello, how are you? Good afternoon. Very good. Now, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark, Mahmoud. I could be assuming things, but I don't think I am. 
Your name doesn't tell me that you're Japanese, right? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not, guess. but... But I want to know, not. you have a passion because let, let me just explain this. You've been yeah. with the brand for 12 years and you're the brand's ambassador. So, so where does this love and appreciation come for these Japanese dishes and food? Actually, it's um, a very long story um, for our founders. Mm. They've been visiting Japan before 2013 a lot. And they were inspired by the Japanese culture. And also they were inspired about the Japanese uh, bakery industry in specific. They decided to deliver this message and to deliver this industry to UAE because it was in 2013 something very unique. And um, they, they decided to open the little bakery serving the neighborhood in Al-Wasser Road in Dubai. And um, after 10 years, Yamanoti became one of the most famous Japanese bakery in UAE. What does the name Yamanoti mean? Do we know? Okay, yeah, Yamanoti, actually, there's two meanings. Um, the first, in Japanese meaning, it's about the hill, the little hill. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also, but they inspired the name because the oldest metro station in Tokyo is called Yamanoti. Ah. I see. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in the industry of bakery, you know, the French always the best. Yeah. So they used Yamanoti Atelier as a French name. Oh, yes, I saw that. We have a French we have a French chef after this. I need to check this with him if that's okay. Because <laughs> I, I do uh, connect Atelier with a French name as well. You're right. Now, you're the brand's ambassador. What perks does the ambassador get? You just get free desserts? As the ambassador of the brand... What are the what are the freebies that you get? Just free baked desserts? Oh, um, <laughs> I get free every day tasting with the chefs. I'm, try, I'm trying as much as I can to avoid this kind of calories, but you know, I know. it's a very tasty thing. Yeah, and uh, the chefs always like behind us come try this and try, taste this. So we always work with the chefs very closely to make sure the quality is there. The the, the customer service is always in the high level in our stores. Yeah. Do you know, have you had Japanese people actually come into the bakery and make a comment and give you feedback? Of course. And of what course. do they we say? Do have, we are very attached with the Japanese community in UE, mm. and they are always coming to our uh, shops. Uh, they were like really inspired. They were really surprised from the quality of food because uh, in Yamanoti, mm. uh, in terms of ingredients, we import all our first ingredients from Japan. Amazing. So we have our uh, Japanese chefs that are working with us. We have our consulting team back in Japan. They are making sure to choose the best uh, ingredients that uh, fit with our culture in Japan and also to, ma- to, to match many other cultures in UAE. It was- so also the... yeah. I'm just thinking, talking about the taste of the UAE, when you started this local brand and started working with them, yeah. the founders, did they know it'd be a success? Because there weren't any Japanese bakeries around 10, 12 years ago when I was here. Yes, yes. It was the first Japanese bakery in UAE. So what, right. what made them think it'd be a success? Um, back in the days, um, when they, they were talking about the Japanese, they were in the beginning, honestly, they were thinking about opening a cake shop, not a bakery. Mm. So um, one of our consulting that working with us very closely, um, 
they decide, they suggest as well to open a bakery, a Japanese bakery, because it's something in Japan, it was not really discovered that much in the industry of food. Yeah. Because when you're talking about Japanese food, we're always thinking about sushi, about um, ramen, yeah. all this kind of food. Sure. But when we're talking about bakery, Japanese bakery is something for them, something going to be new. Uh, to deliver to, to, to the Gulf area and it's, uh, especially to UAE. And I agree with you because uh, four or five years ago I was walking in the, uh, like, in the marina somewhere there was a pop-up shop and I think it was that pop-up shop and it sold, you know, the fluffy, creamy, white Japanese cakes that really kind of bounce. Japanese cheesecake, Oh yeah. my goodness, I'd never tried anything <laughs> like this and I was like, where has this come from? How do you make it? You know, it was just amazing. So that was, here was my first introduction to it. So what are some of the dishes that we will find on the menu? Um, as a signature of Yamanoti, of course, uh, the, the croissant line, the Japanese cheesecake, for example, yeah. we do have uh, this kind of... Uh, uh, croissant is called Yemenoti croissant. It's a signature croissant for us. Yeah. So it's uh, a very uh, small, fluffy croissant with a creamy uh, kind of kiri cheese in the middle. Yeah. We do have different kind of savory. We used uh, some of the savory item as well, like the yakisoba bun. It's uh, actually as a very tra- Japanese traditional uh, bakery. Mm. So it's about the noodle, but it's, it's inside the bun. Mm. So uh, this is a very uh, Japanese one. We also tried as much as we can to mix some of uh, the Arabic Gulf flavor with the Japanese uh, croissant. I was thinking so, about that. Like, and- yeah. So we have like some uh, halloumi and that or croissant. We do have some like feta and olives. So still it's uh, uh, Arabic flavor, but at the same time with uh, a Japanese uh, ingredient. So have you ever done this or considered it? Because I've always wanted to experience it, a traditional Japanese tea ceremony. Could you do one? <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> I would love it, that. I would love we that. We're always open. Yeah, yeah, we're always open. In Yemenoti also, we are celebrating every single promotion. Like, right now in October, we have our Halloween line. Mm. Uh, so we just now getting prepared for the UE National Day, for the Christmas as well. Mm. So in every occasion, we celebrate with different kind of uh, bakeries, pastries um, that uh, like reflect the, the promotion, reflect yeah. the occasion. No, because one of my favorite films is Memoirs of the Geisha. Um, it's a favorite book. And when they walk around and they're doing the serving the tea, you know, the Japanese tea, there's so much mindfulness in it. I was like, it just looks so peaceful drinking tea like that. I just drink mine and yeah. dip my biscuit in. It's just typical Brits. But let me ask you finally, um, you're bringing the brand yeah. to Expo City Dubai. Tell me more about that. That's right. That's right. So um, regarding Expo City, as you know, um, COVID-28, it's uh, very starting very soon. So um, an Expo for us, we are connecting to the world. And uh, we, are, we decide to be there in every single big event happening in Dubai. And uh, we uh, decide to open our uh, shop for six months. It's a small pop-up. Mm-hmm. However, the shop is really big one. And we are presenting there a special menu that it's only exclusive for our outlet and expo. So this menu, it will go more than bakery. It will go inside also the Japanese kitchen. So we are talking about Yamanoti getting inside the sushi industry. They're getting inside also the... Um, 
ramen industry and the dry noodles also. Amazing. So this menu will be exclusive for this outlet uh, during the six months. Uh, of the event. That's great. Well, I just want to say in advance, thank you for the delivery. I hear we're having one soon um, and I look forward to biting into those desserts. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. (laughs) See you soon. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinney's Eat Well, Live Well. With me now is the executive chef at RSVP, Adele Wawa, and he is French, originally from Lyon, which is a a great place. And I hear that RSVP has been recognised by the Michelin Guide. Now, is that true, Adele? Yes. What does that mean? Ah, it's mean. What did they review? Bring joy, you know, and bring also um, recognition by the French um, culinary experience here in Dubai because in, in France is many uh, people have mission start and uh, um, been growing up on uh, on uh, culinary uh, experience but here in Dubai is mean a lot to me so I always think when you've had that put on you and you've had a feature in the Michelin guide does it add extra pressure to you as a chef to keep up to those standards actually consistency is the key of uh, of every chef if mm-hmm. you have um, this in your life be constant with all the team and be humble, you can you can reach to the top, you know. We do simple food, but with heart, you know. We cook with love and uh, we give love to everyone. Yeah. So, Didn't you say to me that, that you, you want a Michelin star next year? You said this I to will. me, right? Yes. You will? Yes. It, that's your goal? It's a goal, yes. Wow, you sound so calm and confident. You need to be passionate and, uh, uh, and constant, that's mm. it. Mm. And, and give uh, the best experience to the customer. And everything come for a reason, but also for a purpose. Mm. So we had Liam Collins in. Um, he's a food reviewer. And he said, um, I've never been to RSVP, still okay. have to visit. And he said, you probably have the, one of the top three bakeries. You bake your own bread in Dubai. We do. So first of all, let's before we get onto the main food, tell yes. me about the bakery. What kind of food do you make fresh? Everything, actually. Even the, ba- the baguette, French croissant, oh. pain au chocolat. The smell and in the morning must be <laughs> <Yes>. incredible. <laughs> I take a few kilos of, oh. <laughs> only for this because we, we test every day. We try to, uh, to be perfect on the, on, on the breakfast. And uh, it's mean a lot of my associate also because she loves uh, croissant, loves French food, French bakery. And you should come uh, one morning, you know, just to smell and test just, Can our, I just come to smell? Because I shouldn't really be eating all this. Hang on a minute. Test. What time does it open for breakfast? So we open from 9 o'clock to 12 and then uh, we have the brunch to uh, 1 o'clock to uh, 4 uh, p.m. Okay. Yes. So let's talk about the food now. I love French food. I used to go to special French restaurants in Birmingham as a treat when I was okay. growing up. And there were some really good ones. Yes. But coming here, I've realized, like, and also I've traveled to France a lot. Yes. So it's very different. Um, one of the best dining experiences I've ever had in my life, because I think it was one of my first ever unique experiences, was in the UK by Chef Raymond Blanc at okay. Le Manoir à Quête Saison in Oxfordshire. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? No. So uh, he's a French chef yes. who's lived there for years and he has his own little kind of, it's a, it's a beautiful chateau, as you would call it in France. And he grows his own herbs and everything. And we had a 13 course meal. Now, wow. I've never eaten that 
much in my life. That is a small portion. So yes, yeah. and every taste was incredible. So I, so for me, French food has always been incredible. So how would you describe the dishes you serve at RSVP? Are they traditional French or with a twist? So my my way of um, making food is completely different because I, lo- I love to, uh, to give a plate for sharing, you know. It's no small portion, it's no gastronomic one, but it's really huge portion oh, for everyone. Really? Yes. So yes, it's yes. all about sharing is caring. Yes, <laughs> of course, yes. So let's talk about some of the signature dishes. What will we find on ah, the menu? You can find uh, tartare, um, wagyu tartare with a uh, French brioche, mm. uh, just uh, freshly toasted with a cal- uh, caviar, a Russian set on top. caviar too. Of this course. is so posh. It's posh, but I, I like to have the twist, you know, between uh, sea and uh, and um, and herb, you know. Yeah. Just to have this um, f- nice touch, you know, into uh, into your palate. What is the most typical French thing you have on the dish on the menu? Sorry. Mm, escargot. I knew you were going to say that. Escargot. I knew you were going to say that. Is it good escargot? What do you put on it? Like, what's the sauces or this the butter? This is a secret, secret recipe. The secret. But, uh, <laughs> it's not that secret. It's uh, garlic, butter, parsley. Mm. Mm. But uh, we cook with love. And we have extra recipe, yeah, extra secret thing. Where do you get the escargots from? From France. Wow. Yes. So they, they come all the way from France? Yes. That's amazing. And you get a lot of your ingredients from France, do you? Or Europe? Uh, um, I'm lucky to have the best supply here in Dubai. I, w- I was really um, uh, stressed about opening a restaurant here in Dubai mm-hmm. and don't find what I need, you know, for my concept. So when I, I look around, I find really, really nice supply. All the way up from France, from Italy, from Greece, I have all product from everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Now, your location is quite interesting because it, it feels very fine dining and the the menu and the ambiance but you're based at box park yes. which isn't associated with fine dining so what kind of clientele do you get uh, most of them most of the clients are a local community and i'm really proud to, uh, to have them yeah. because we don't serve alcohol in our restaurant okay so this is the main point for me um as a Muslim, I like I like to uh, give the best experience, but without alcohol. So they feel so comfortable, really comfortable, mm. and I have the best client ever. Yeah. Yes. Do you put a lot of cream in your dishes? Because I always associate okay. French with uh, cream. Cream and butter. <laughs> but I, I try to keep this um, really light. Yeah. Yeah. I take few kilos because I have a lot of tasting, but it's okay. <laughs> I need to do a, a lot of sport. Have you tried low-fat cream? Does that make any difference or no? I make a difference, you know. Yeah. You need to have heavy cream. So, so I had a competition once to make mashed potato. Okay. And I was being very mindful, thinking I'm going to make it with milk. My competitor made it with cream. And obviously yes. the chef was French and he said, the one with the cream is the best. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can play around and put a bit of water and a little bit of, uh, of butter. And I do this... put butter in it, yes. Okay. You put butter. Yes. Lot. Uh, no, I try okay. and make it healthy, but it just wasn't as creamy and okay. scrumptious as, you know, the one with cream and butter. I will give you the recipe. recipe. No, just make it for me. Forget okay. the recipe. I just make, make it, it for me. You. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about your career yes. um, and your journey because it's quite interesting because you weren't meant to be a chef. Just like me, I wasn't meant to be a presenter. Okay. And I have a feeling that we could do some work together with the passions that we both have. Yes. I'll talk about that after. Okay. 
You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's Eat Well, Live Well. Well, now I'm joined by Chef Adele Wawa from RSVP Restaurant. It's a French fine dining restaurant, but it's in Box Park. Now, Chef Adele, your career wasn't meant to go the way it was. You weren't meant to be a um, chef. What did you want to be? Sound engineer. Sound engineer. That's very interesting. And then what happened? What changed? Okay, when I moved from Lyon to uh, London, yeah, um, actually, um, for paying my study, I work for the best uh, restaurant. It's called Nobu. Oh, yes, hands down. And and you worked with Chef Nobu, right? Yes. So I did interview him once, and I thought he was the most humblest He's chef. Really humble person. Lovely man. Yes. And what was Re- that like for you? It was amazing. You know, yeah. to get all this experience and also to be um, able to have a big mentor. But I met um, uh, Chef Nobu Matsuisa a couple of times, but most of the time he was like Thomas Berkeley, he's an executive now in Miami, and also Rob Shipman, he opened his restaurant in, uh, in Tokyo. Yeah. So it was really good experience for me. Was that one of your most memorable experiences? Because you travelled all over the world yes. as a chef. Yes. It really stood out for you. What was one of the biggest lessons you learned from Chef Nobu, do you think, that you carry with you? Be humble. Oh, and, and, yeah. and love love what you do every day. Yeah. And have this passion to, uh, to cook uh, beautiful foods and give a good memory to the, to the customer. So are you still doing sound engineering? Uh, at home, yeah, I have my own studio. What kind of music do you do? Uh, deep house, electronic music. Yeah, we need yes. to talk because I'm a singer-songwriter. I was going to be a pop star and I became a journalist. Oh, nice. So, yeah, maybe we can do something. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Why not? Okay, so how do UAE diners differ when you were working in Europe? Is there a difference? Quite a big difference uh, from Europe. Uh, here in Dubai, uh, the scene of gastronomy is really big and huge. You can eat whatever. You can have uh, Indian food, Japanese, Chinese, uh, French food, but and good competition, actually. But I also think it depends. Like, if you live in London, there's so much more choice than where I of come course. from in certain yes. towns, doesn't yeah. it? Same in France. If you come from a small town, yeah. it, it, you don't have much choice. Whereas no. here, we do have everything. No. You have an amazing city. And this, this city is unbelievable. Um, you can find any type of kitchen. You can go to Satwa and have a uh-huh. uh, nice biryani and you can have a mission start restaurant uh-huh. um, uh, experience. And this is good. Yeah. Good for us. And is there any dish that you grew up with as a child in Lyon that you've included or incorporated in our Best recipe? food for my grandmom and also for my mum. Always grandmothers yes. and mums. Tell yes. me. All the best. Um, there's a few dishes I like. Ashi Parmentier. It's a mashed potato with a um, uh, uh, miss meat. With uh, mints? Y- yes, mint yes, mint. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, so you're like me, mashed potatoes yeah, on a really rainy simple, day. simple, simple food. Always simple food. Yes. Or maybe on Sunday, uh, roasted chicken with a nice potato, roasted potato. And as this a chef, if you're cooking all the time, yeah. when you go home, do you cook for yourself a lot of chefs? Not really. You see, oh, that, so that's amazing. the point. <laughs> that's, that's just the point. I feel sorry for people who are married to chefs because they don't really get the them cooking at home, a lot of yeah. them. yeah. Is we it just because you've had enough? We have enough, you know, of our work. But uh, when I win my son, I always cook for him. So, and it's really simple. He loves meat. He loves vegetable. Yeah. Um, and it's good. Good yeah. for me to uh, yeah. to play around with him. Yes. Yeah. No, you do need a break. I can imagine. But 
as a presenter, I'm not going to go home and speak for three hours. You know what I mean? Okay. So you don't want to cook for three <laughs> yes. hours. Okay, well, Chef Adele, tell everybody again where they can find you. It's uh, East End Box Park, Wassel um, Road. And R, it's called RSVP. We close on Monday, fortunately, but good for us because we need to rest. A bit. And, um, but they have apparently the best bakery because yes. they do fresh croissants there for yes. breakfast. And you need to come on Saturday and Sunday morning to... Uh, Is to breakfast only on the weekend? On the weekend only. On the weekend. Because I we are not open during the week. Only... Um, from um, Tuesday to Friday, only night time. So it's yeah. only dinner. And and if you've never smelt fresh baked croissants in the morning, I smelt when I was in the south of France. Okay. Oh my God, just follow the scent. It is incredible. Yes. So, you you need to come on Saturday morning or maybe Sunday morning. Yeah, I think Sunday morning sounds like a plan to me. Thanks. Okay. Chef Adele, thank you so much. Thank you and very much. By the way, where are my croissants? Uh, your croissant, uh, you need to come. Yes. Um, you could have brought me some. I will bring some tomorrow morning, <laughs> tomorrow if you like. Morning. Yes. I'm not at work. I'll, I'll give you my home delivery. Okay, no problem. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much, thank Chef Thank you very Adele. much for having me. <laughs>